This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello, welcome to the Broadcast Podcast. My name is Tom, I'm part of the team here at Broadcast and I'm joined by Tim. Uh, so both Tim and I are part of the team at Christchurch Manchester. Uh, and we're putting a series together now on the podcast called So You Want to Go Multisite. And just over a few episodes, we're going to have some conversations around multi-site church, what's involved in doing it. We know a lot of people are starting to ask questions, think about whether this way of doing church is something they want to explore. And we've been doing it for really as long as CCM's been going, uh, other than uh, the first couple of years when it was just one site. So uh, over those years, we've um, we've thought about it quite a lot. We've um, developed some things that have worked for us, and we just thought we'd chat around our experience and what we might have to share. So, Tim, it's great to have you on today. And I, I wonder, maybe, could you just tell us a little bit more about CCM, about what multi-site is for us and the journey we've been on to get there? Yep. Hey, Tom. Um, well, CCM currently in uh, June 2023 is five locations and seven services. Um, and we got to that effectively by planting. So the first site that you, you were talking about earlier on about 14, 15 years ago was about 30 or 40 people on the east side of Manchester. And they felt God called them and, and talked to them about planting more into Manchester and particularly aiming at uh, the kind of the younger people of Manchester, I think, at the time. And so they uh, prayed and then planted, which uh, I led into the, the first one into Fallowfield where the students and 20s were. And that was us going with like four or five people. Um, we started an e- Sunday evening meeting in a vodka bar, still my favorite story. And we, that was our first site 14 years ago, or our first extra site. So that meant in the mornings we had about 40 people in Hyde as it was then, and then that moved into Gorton, and then anywhere in the first year between nobody and 15 people on a Sunday evening. And each site followed a similar-ish pattern in that we would send 10 to 20 people. Um, and the most recent one, we actually sent 20, which was the most we'd sent ever, I think. Um, so we do tend to send quite small teams to start the next site. So uh, I guess our multi-site, we're not one, we're not one big church that ran out of room. We we're a small church, actually in a massive room. They met in a room for like 500 people with 40 of them. And the, 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 the job was to plant because they knew that was the only way that they would grow. So that, that's kind of, that sums up a, a little bit of what sort of multi-site we are. A planting multi-site, I suppose, would be the best way of describing it. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And um, you said it started with about 40 people, um, which is probably at the low end of what we're at now, but definitely the range in each of the sites, mm. like somewhere 40 to 70 or 80 yeah. on a Sunday would be quite typical, wouldn't yeah. it, at each site, yeah. um, 300 or so across the, yeah. the different sites, um, yeah. adults that is. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's quite different the way we've done multi-site from small sites and small churches to a lot of what we were reading. So so I became part of it about 12 years ago, just a couple of years after you did, Tim. And at the time, there, there wasn't loads out there that really seemed to match what we were doing. Um, it was quite a, a 
bunch of stuff that was multi-site that really felt like uh, often American pretty big like there's 10,000 in a room so you send 2,000 into another thing and mm. you get a real high-tech way of doing it and you, you can adapt that you can learn some stuff from it definitely but um yeah, we, we just hadn't really found much that was scrappy, small, on the ground, but pioneering and mm. entrepreneurial. Um, but I've noticed at the moment, more churches that probably are more similar to us are starting to wonder about multi-site as, uh, as an option or as a thing to do. Um, they were part of a movement that it's had church planting in its DNA for, mm. for years and years and years. And mm. as people are engaging with like, what do we do coming out of lockdown? We want to get church planting again. The idea of sites and being able to do it that way has been quite an appealing one. Um, so just thinking about having, having done it and experienced it a bit, um, it'd be good to talk. So, so Tim, what, what would you uh, say from the way we've done multi-site or a few of the, the kind of big, lessons that we've learned or things that you think just are really helpful for people who are starting to think about it yeah I, I mean i guess the big win is it's a highly discipling way of doing things i think um and means you're constantly creating new front lines for which people can um decide whether they want to be a follower of jesus in that way and be a disciple in that way so it's, it's always leadership opportunities um, but there's always serving opportunities um, and for everybody. So the sites, all of them work because there's a high level of engagement in like very you know basic serving um, every Sunday, but during the weekends, it, it kind of plays into community a little bit because they're groups of 50 or so. So serving in the community and looking out for each other is more easy to see what's needed because it's not a huge group. Um, so I, the big lesson I think is it's highly discipling in my opinion and brings through um, just creates leadership opportunities all over the place I mean we know it Tom in CCM there are about you know five or six things we would do tomorrow if we had the leaders so we're always looking to bring through a leader and it means the conversation is always well what about this person what do they need to do um, how can we help them grow what's you know how are we not serving them in this and so it it means it's always there so there's a kind of inbuilt um desire to push forward and be slightly i don't know what the right word is sounds a bit negative but slightly frustrated with what you've got <laughs> you always want yeah. to always and that, so for us that model that feels like that that is the big win mm. um i guess the other flip side of that is it means you're always on the you're always on the front edge you're always on the you're always slightly ripped aren't you i yes. suppose yeah. Um, so we sent like the last site we sent to Reddish, which went to Sundays in February last year. There was ten or twelve from two different sites that went, and both of those sites, one in particular, but both of them felt keen loss. Mm. So you know, some of their some of their keenest people went because they were keen to plant a new uh, site. It was where they lived, and so um, the the loss in the sending site is is. They haven't done the fun thing of planting a new thing. They've just seen their mates leave. So you kind of also live with that tension all the time as well, which I think is quite good for you. Um, but perhaps if you did a survey of everyone in our church, there, there would be differing views to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people now, we've been doing it for a long time. Hmm. They, they get it, they see this is the kind of church we've joined, this is what it's about. We see the wins, like... 
the stories that come out of Reddish of mm. how God's working in people's lives have been amazing. Yeah. Um, and when people see that, I think they do get, right, I've paid the cost, but it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. I mean, thinking back to when we were starting this and when it was a newer thing, yeah. there was a lot more, yes. I just don't really understand what you're talking about. Like, yes. well, this is, okay, well, why, why are you looking over there? That's miles away from where we live and how is this relevant? And yes. that, that definitely was a thing, wasn't it? And I wanted in this first conversation just to speak a bit about vision for multi-site. Yeah. Um, I think it's really crucial, isn't it, when you're doing anything to, to think through, well, actually, what are we going for here? Like, why why do multi-site? And you've alluded to some of the benefits for us. Um, but for someone who's starting out and thinking about it, what, like, what, would, you, what, what would you see as, as some of the different reasons that people might be um, considering going down this route and what are some things that it's just worth thinking about in terms yeah. of vision? Well, I, I already kind of talked about the devotion and community. So we talk about devotion, community, mission, and I think the discipling thing um, it is just grows us in our devotion. So we would say, like, an est- when we're looking to plant a new site, that's what we want to see. For us, that's healthy churches. There's obvious devotion to Jesus, obvious kind of Christian community and obvious mission. Um and so with the, we talked a bit about the first, the community stuff and the devotion stuff. And I think the mission, it, it just means you can aim at a particular area or group of people in a quite specific way. And you're, you're not worried about the other people you've already got in your church. So, um, so in, in a couple of our sites, they're in relatively rough parts of Manchester. Um, so we go after things in a particular way there. And some of them are actually really quite middle class parts of Manchester uh, and in different ways. So the studenty part is, middle class in a certain way and then uh, in the um, further south in the city where the area it's just a bit more of an affluent area people are that the, just the life stage and jobs they have it means you go up mission there in a different way so it, it doesn't it feels less like you're trying to force uh, square pegs into round holes when it comes to mission you're building it around the area that you've got and the people that you've got and it feels more natural uh, for us and I think that would be quite important um, to us um, so in terms of vision, I, I guess the devotion community mission thing, I think for us, for me, is, I think that is our, that is what we're looking to create in everything that we do. Um, and this, this for us feels like the best way of doing that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I love the, the way there's three you know, together and yeah. uh, different people use language of like up in and out, really, yeah. really saying the same thing, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. But um, yeah, like, another part of just the, the way I've loved how CCM does vision is it's rare that we are only talking about the next one yes. site. Yes. So uh, there, there's a vision for the whole city. If I remember one of my first Sundays up here, seeing him, Colin Barron put a, a slide on um, on a PowerPoint, which I now know he didn't make himself because um, <laughs> Colin and slides is... Um, uh, not not his gifting, let's say, but um, <laughs> it, it listed all the towns and villages in uh, in Greater Manchester, and there must have been like hundreds of them. And then there were two that were like in yellow. It's like, yeah, we've got sites here and here, and then there was a couple more there. It's like, well, we potentially might have something here and here, and uh, just on this kind of uh, backdrop of loads of other places that we're just in the heart, we're just in the conversation and um, v- vision for. And then where, and then where, and then where. It's really exciting and really 
inspiring. I think it just changes how you come at multi-site. Um, if multi-site is where we've got this one gathering and we'd like to have two gatherings and it, it will be together as one church, but that's really the limit of what we can see, then you, you do things in quite a different way to how do we build something sustainable that over the next 10 years we can start eight new sites mm. or over 20 years we can reach this whole town or county or city or wherever mm. the person is based. It's just um, a, a different vision and reason for doing multi-site and as you say the the discipleship the the mission and, and certainly the community side of it i think is is huge um i remember uh, once we did an intro to ccm course in one of our sites we were in a room i think it was just eight ten people who were new to the site and i was leading a session telling a bit of the story i remember one of the leaders of the site who'd been with us for years and years as I was talking about, look, Jesus came from heaven to earth. He he came to us. He came into our neighbourhood. And so we want to go into the neighbourhoods of other people and they can meet God and meet God's people right where they are. And remember the look on her face. It's like a penny had just dropped. And like she interrupted the flow of the, the session. She was like, oh, my goodness. I get it now. <laughs> but it's just a, a wonderful concept that to be in community of God's people, you don't have to be on a bus all the way across town, mm. but it can be in your neighbourhood. And uh, multi-planting, which is what we sometimes call our model yeah. of planting multi-site, means we can go into the different little areas and mm. subsections of, of Manchester. And that way of, of doing it, I, I think it's just a really important part of the vision for what multi-site is. It's an interesting story, the, the intro course story, because... It shows actually that it was hard one to get there and it's easy like 14, 15 years in where basically you're right, somebody joins us, this is the sort of church we are. If you don't want to do it, there are plenty of other good ones um, and people kind of buy into it very quickly and it's a very established way of doing things, but it wasn't that way. Uh, and actually, you no, know, Colin's uh, big list of names on the in that church meeting caused a lot of discomfort for a lot of people. And even that lady who's one of our best and brightest, most faithful, um, her kind of, oh, I get it now, was a number of years into uh, And there would have been lots of people like that who would, you know, if there would be a site leader who would say, right, we're going to plant another one. You know, we think these 10 people will go. Uh, they would only feel the loss of it, not the victory of, uh, myself included. I remember that feeling of, oh, I've lost these people and they're going to plant the site somewhere else. And, but I'm gutted because you have made my life harder, which is true. It completely had, um, <clears throat> and numbers of our leaders, it took them and they either moved on or it took them a lot time to get there. Um, and so the, the questions now are very different to what they were then. So if we plant a new site now, we announce it, people are already asking us, where are you going to go after that? What's the next one? And suggesting, have you thought about, should we go here? This would be great to go. So it, it's so within us now, it feels pretty easy, but it wasn't and it, uh, for quite a while. And, and actually looking around at churches post-lockdown, so I see the same as you, Some we're having conversations with churches who are considering going to multi-site and thinking, you know, how do we reach our city? But I also see churches who are multi-site, who are cutting some of their sites and kind of pulling back from it a bit as well. So it is not the easy road to do it this way, for yeah. sure. 
yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the, the lack of ease, uh, you know, we've talked about the cost to an existing site mm. as new ones go. We do work quite hard on making that cost as low as possible. Because uh, if you put too big a cost on, yeah. let's, let's say when you've got one site and you want to go to two, if you decimate that first site to get your second one, then it's not really sustainable to get your third one and your fourth one yes. and to keep going. Um, so uh, how do we do that? Like, what, what are some of the things that you've tried to put in place or that you've seen Colin and others put in place at, at CCM that's just helped the sustainability of, uh, of actually going uh, in a way that we can just keep planting and keep planting? Well, Colin would always say we keep going because we just work harder. <laughs> so you, you, you just put, you know, and numbers of people just put a serving shift in to, to make the thing work. So we have one couple that lead in one of our sites and she's on staff a couple of days a week with us. And they've got little kids and he's got a full-time job, but they're, they're Sundays every week, like 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. and um, regularly just will put their head down and work hard. And their story would be repeated in probably every site um, by people who are on staff, and but lots and lots of people who are not on staff and never will be, and that isn't a thing for them. So there is a, a grafting element to it, which, is, again, I think is a, a discipleship thing and a, a serving um, thing. I think then there is a, there's an expectation level we put in. We often talk about we're going to have a go at this, and if it goes wrong, it's fine. We'll just work out another way to have a go at it. Um, so it's easy to say we've got seven sites, but there are four or five that haven't worked from various stages. So that you know the, that's also true. Um, and we try not to overpressure people to go somewhere. So we, the next site we'll plant. There's a few people that live in the locality of where we'll plant, and I don't know if they want to go and do it. I'm not sure they have the appetite. And so I won't be saying it's right next door. You have to go. It's if you want to, you can. If you want to stay, we're happy to have you. Um, so there is a, we don't over lean on people to, to fit the model. We're, I'm happy for people to do whatever they want to do. Most people are, almost all people are very good natured and are willing to try, but there shouldn't be a sense of obligation in it as well. So I think we try to work hard and go laid back at the same time, if, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. Um, I, I think we, we have taken care, haven't we, not to send too big a team to start with. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned like 20 being the most. And even yeah. that 20 didn't all come from the same existence. Yeah, that killed a site for us, yeah. It would. And once you've done that, then that site is going to need a lot of input from the rest of us. But also, it's yeah. not going to be in a position to send again. Yeah. Whereas you take five, ten. I mean, one of the sites that um, sent a few people over to Reddish, that's probably where most of the people from Denton, where we're going yeah. next, will be, yeah. will be coming from. So... It, it means that once those um, spaces are filled in, in the sending site, actually, it can be ready to, to go yeah. again. Um, and one, one thing that I've noticed is we'll talk about a lot of places and we talk about them in a very loose and aspirational way. Mm -hmm. So there's probably five or six different areas of Manchester that it's been publicly said, hey, we'd like to do something there one yeah. day. And it's not really received as a big an announcement of plans. No. It's just people dreaming out loud. And yes. In prayer meetings, we'll be like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had something in, yes. in Edgeley or in Levensum or yeah. uh, in the Northern Quarter? We'll, we'll name all these places. And sometimes what happens is someone just um, 
that's interesting, I live there, or I've got a heart for there, and something emerges, and other times, nothing. And that's all right, isn't yeah. it? Like, we don't need a, a big plan. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So just kind of, m- maybe as a way of wrapping up this conversation before we move on to the next one, just um, tell us a bit about how the vision for multi-site shapes the way you as a leader pray, and the way you try and encourage the rest of us as a church as we're gathering and praying. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to know how it makes you pray, Tom. It <laughs> makes me pray slightly, uh, slightly desperate. <laughs> so we always need somebody somewhere, we don't do. we? And Absolutely. It's either because we're sending and we're desperate for the thing to grow, or and we want to see people become Christians in that area to be affected, and you know, you, you want to do the stuff. Um, and But also because a site has sent and... You think oh, they need more troops they need more people yeah. to help and um, they you know they need boots on the ground so without shadow of a doubt so there's it kind of leans you always into praying Lord God we need where are the next 10 where are the next 10 yeah. where are the next 10 um, me and Andy Brownlee one of the, the other leaders well we planted a couple each and we'll often talk about we I find it hard to pray for the first hundred uh, when you plant a site um, but I could all we could always pray God this is the next 10 we need please give us 10 um, and then you get you start praying in your next 10 and your next and um, so that, that's that kind of always very knucklehead quite specific prayers I mean before this podcast you were giving me a hard time because I love to pray for new drummers <laughs> you do you've been praying for that for years and years and to be fair we've got lots of drummers but <laughs> The drummers are like kittens, they wander <laughs> off. So you're always praying for a new drummer yeah. um, or new drummers. And, you know, we have, on a Sunday, you can have seven worship leaders and yeah. seven worship bands. And so uh, so you're always praying for new, but, but I'm also, you know, praying for um, godly, mature people to come in and help us be solid and help us to kind of deepen. And you're also praying for the, the crazy newbie who just is entrepreneurial and wants to have a go and wants to start something. So you're praying for the risk takers as well. So they're always, for me, it always feels like you're kind of praying for the next person to help you with a harvest. That's yes. what it feels to me. And in that, you're praying for your finances and uh, in all of those things. So it, it sounds very pragmatic. Um, but I always think, you know, Jesus pr- said pray for the, to the Lord yeah. of the harvests and and so we pray that a lot. So that for me, that's how does it? How do you do you find it affecting you? Yeah, when you pray. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of that's true as well. But I think what what comes to mind for me is whenever I'm happening to be in a different part of the city. So if I mm. uh, if I'm going to see someone and they live in a bit of Manchester, I've not really been much before, or I need to drive to a shop that's out on mm. that side of the city, it just kind of sparks something in me after. So wouldn't it be great if mm. we could plant something here and just start to, to plant for these different communities that, yeah. uh, that I'm engaging with? And it just makes me... I think much more than if we had just one place. It makes me have this kind of city-wide heart as I'm praying and yes. letting stuff spark off dreams and prayers. Yes. So that would definitely be a thing. Yeah, yeah. So it does make you quite visionary. And mm. yeah, no, absolutely. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Great. Well, let's wrap this one up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do a few more of these on different bits of multi-site in the coming weeks. So uh, stay uh, subscribed to the podcast and you will get more of these conversations. Cheers, Tom. <laughs>